So, how do you want me to introduce this? Because I, um, I keep cocking it up. You, you keep asking me to do it a certain way and then I just start talking and I forget all about everything you said. <laughs> it doesn't right. have to be formal. But... No, no, well, I, I don't think I'm capable of being formal <laughs> yeah, at the moment. Well, I am, but usually I'm not. guys, welcome to the show. I'm Sandra Turnbull of the Goddess Kindled Universe and this is Belgariad and Beyond. Yeah, and I'm Alicia Seymour here with you too. Excited for another chapter discussion. You know what I just thought and I think it every time I hear you say your name, I don't yes. pronounce your name correctly, do I? No, but it's okay. No, it's, it's, very... bloody, it's bloody not okay. You need to pull me up on that shit, woman, because if people pronounce okay. my name wrong, I get, like, my skin crawls. Well, here's the thing. is like, the spelling of my name is so unique. Almost everybody mispronounces, so I've, I've dealt with it my entire life, so i kind of just gotten used to it. And the other thing is, the only times I ever really hear you say my name is when we're recording, so I don't want to... I'll call you out on the recording <laughs> and then later I forget well I, I I think every time I hear you say it I go oh shit I'm so <laughs> wrong and because my name is Sandra my whole freaking life everyone has corrected my name very kindly corrected the spelling of my name and the pronunciation of my name to Sandra and oh. I just want to throw things like I, like seriously throw things at walls and smash stuff when I hear it now. Or when people <laughs> call me Sonia. Oh no. Which is like just as bad. And like nothing against any Sandras or Sonias. I'm sure you're perfectly lovely people, but I am the Sondra. So, and what compounds this problem that I have with your beautiful name is that my daughter, one of my daughters is called Alyssa. Right. Which is A-L-I-S-S-A. And so every time... So I, I think I'm saying your name right, but I'm not. So come on, give me a lesson. It's Alicia. Alicia. Right. It's okay. Spanish. Okay. Ah, oh, so it's like Alicia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just spelled. It's supposed, it's pronounced like the Alicia, A-L-I-C-I-A. Yeah. Right. But yeah. my mom wanted to spell it in a unique fashion. Well, it, yeah. And S, there is no S sound. If you're speaking in Spanish, you say like the TH sound. So if I was pronouncing your name in Spanish, it would be Alicia. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't know. Because the uh, the C, at least for the Mexican Spanish, which is what my family is. Um, oh, is that C, right? Yeah. The C is pronounced as an S. Okay. So Alicia. Okay. I know because there's different for Spain. Spanish is different okay. than like the Spanish in Mexico. My my mom and grandma, well, my grandma's from Mexico. My wow, okay. Well, okay, so this is going to be, I'm probably never going to say your name right ever again because my sister is named Elise. My daughter really? is named <laughs> Alyssa. And my podcasting partner is called, oh, I've just forgotten, Alicia. <laughs> right, yeah. you got it. Alicia! You got it. Okay, now uh -huh. we can start the show. Yeah. <laughs> 
how was your week this past week? Oh, do I have to go first? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, I'll go first. I'll go first because it is freaking horrible. And if I let some F-bombs drop tonight, I'm, you know, that's just the way it is because, fuck, I have had a shit storm of a week. I've been, uh, so, okay. Pull it up, Sandra. My cup is full of a bitter, bitter, bitter poison. It's got lots of pitch, lots of lots of birch sap in it. I'm absolutely sure because it's the most bitter thing I've licked for a long time. Oh no. Okay. So So where did it all start? So I'm not gonna give the details because personal stuff and that's not kind. But mm-hmm. something happened to someone that I love is very close to me and I can't do anything to help them. And it's really, really hard for me to keep my hands off something and let someone I love work through something that is their thing and their life because I just want to fix everything and make everything lovely for everybody. Yeah. Sometimes, yeah, they need to fix it for themselves, huh? Well, they just do, and it's taken me a really long time. And I thought I was okay with it, but I've just spent two days crocheting, like, about five bazillion crochet crochet stitches. I have an entire jumper made. I can wear it now. It's gorgeous. But, you know, all of these stitches, because that's how I kind of unweave and reweave knotty problems in my head it's like a meditation so it's been my last two days and my beautiful girlfriend has just asked me to please not disappear again and I've realized that I've gone into the pattern where something will happen and I I kind of go into this little this this I descend really quickly right down into my underworld where I do all my processing and I have things that I need to do and I can't do anything about this, this particular situation. I just need to be here, you know, when the person's ready to talk, if they're ready to make any changes to support them and be, you know, just that loving, kind support. Because at the moment, that's all I can do. And that's all that would be welcome, you know. So I've lost, I've lost where I'm up to, my, my thread's unravelling. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's, um, you know, just important to not forget, you know, the the person who is in your life still, you know, as your partner, to still be present with her and not yeah. let this consume you to the point where then that starts to go down the drain, you know? Yeah, and that's the thing. I think it, um, I think it can be scary for people who are close to me, and she really is the only person close enough to see me every day because... You know, I work at home. My my business partners are virtual. You know, and I and and so she, she's really the one who sees me. And it must be a bit scary, I think, because when I go, I really go. Mm-hmm. And I um so I thought, so yeah, it was like a bit of a wake up. She just gave me a little bit of a wake up. Please don't you know disappear down into don't disappear again. You know, you've clicked into that cycle and it was just good to have someone there, you know, holding out a hand while I'm standing on the edge of the hole, kind of tipping into the hole just to say, look, 
Do you know this is what you're doing? Can you just just step back a couple of bits and, you know, realise that that's what's happening? So I'm feeling, uh, just in the last couple of hours, actually, I'm feeling better, but just talking about it with you now, I think it's just getting me over those last little bits. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, because we definitely don't want you to disappear either. <laughs> yeah. Well, it helps to have commitments like showing up for you, showing up mm-hmm. for my meeting tomorrow, you know, showing up. I'm not at the stage yet where I can show up for myself as the thing that pulls me out. I, I kind of need a little thump from an external force to, you know, yeah, tip me out. Yep, exactly. But, I, you know, it doesn't take as long as it used to. Yeah, that's good because that's that's where it begins. And then before you know it, you will be able to pull yourself out of it without yeah. an external, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, it's interesting to see actually how our conversations are developing. Um, you know, we didn't really know what this show would be, but it seems to be like a cross between, you know, magical geeking out witchery, um, coaching, Hey guys, you're getting free coaching here. <laughs> We're coaching each other. So there you go. Take one. Um, yeah, yeah so that is true. That's, that's been my week, my darling. How's yours been? Oh. Well, I do hope that things continue to get easier for you. Thanks. You know, things move forward. But, you know, my last week, I guess it was really sweet in the fact that I was able to check out for like four days and I mean, I still stayed in touch and did my due diligence with, you know, my business stuff that I need to keep up with, but I, I let go of the, the side work I was doing for income and I went full in for my own business again. It's kind of been a cycle for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just know that this work isn't, my purpose and it was starting to take a toll on my mental emotional physical everything it was going downhill because I was all my time was going to that and then being a mom and I wasn't having any time for my own work let alone just relaxing um and so I let go of all that last week so and at the same time like I had my cousin and her family come into town I'm sorry I hope you guys you hear these airplanes i'm really sorry they're just so loud i don't know why they just fly non-stop over here but it's i know it shows up on my own podcast that i do and i always am like i'm sorry guys i don't I'll know try, i'll try to edit it out <laughs> as much as i can yeah so anyways what i was, on, I was did saying say, did you say what flavor your, your your potion was yet yeah i said it's sweet this week okay. so i missed it sorry so your cousin yeah, she came into town for family as her husband, and they have a two-year-old little girl. So it was so fun because I have a four and an eight-year-old, both girls, and just to like kind of hang out with them and relax just at home. They took her to the zoo one day. Um, well, my girls were in school, and then on the weekend, we all just kind of hung out, and um, it was really nice to just reconnect. I hadn't seen her in almost two years, oh, and nice. um yeah, we've been, we were kind of like sisters growing up. So that just kind of helped everything as, as I was letting go of this stuff, being able to talk to her about all of it too. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, just have some good, we always kind of get giggly and stuff when we're together. So oh, 
so healthy. <laughs> it's such good medicine. It's nice to have that because I feel, you know, like my partner, he's amazing and stuff, but we don't necessarily do the giggly thing together. So <laughs> I tend to do that more with like a best friend or something. And um, so it was good to have that with her. Oh, cool. Yeah. So it was a good week overall. I think. Excellent. Yeah. Now, I'm excited for this week's chapter. Okay, tell us about this. Tell us tell us what this week's chapter is all about. Okay. I'm really excited because we got to see more of, I didn't know what to call him, the storyteller or the old man. He's kind of referred to both. But in this chapter, I love that Garyon kind of picked up on that and it's like, I... I got to name you. Can I give you a name? Like, how about I call you Mr. Wolf? Does that work? <laughs> and I was like, yes, now I have a name to call him for now. Um, and so he decides he needs to run some type of errand, but he won't say what it is and convinces Aunt Paul to let him take Gary in with him mm-hmm. uh, to this village because she wants some spices. They're going to pick up the spices for her. And then kind of on this journey together, I guess it's like 10 leagues or something, right? That they have to go. I think I have to Google how much a league is. Yeah, I'm not too sure. That's okay. I just, Um, for my own interest. Yeah, yeah, if you can find that. And then, um, so he tries to just kind of pick his brain. Like, Garen's picking the old man's brain a little bit. And then they get to the village and and find out that there's something there that Garyon didn't really know about. You know, the the Murgo, is that how you pronounce the Murgo? These people who are associated with, I guess, the dark, or, you know, the people that they were at war with before. Uh, So then there's kind of like that threat of, okay, well, what is this all about? Why is uh, Mr. Wolf all kind of anxious of like, we got to get out of here? so that's where the chapter really ends is just they head back home and Garon's kind of left wondering, like, what was that all about? So how did, how did, so Garion comes up with Mr. Wolf, asks, asks the storyteller if we can call him Mr. Wolf. And that comes from um, Aunt Paul. Aunt Paul refers to the old man as the old wolf or something. Yeah, and so he just decides to say Mr. Wolf to be formal and respect his elders. <laughs> yeah, it seems um, it really bothers him, doesn't it, that he's like this nameless kind of... Yeah, you see his thought process on that, that he doesn't have a name and he doesn't, you know, nobody really knows where he comes from and mm. kind of seems to bother Gary in a little bit. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's when he decides to give him a name. But, but um, I think that the little journey that they take and he tries to probe at him like i just want him to tell me a story to make this go faster <laughs> time's dragging on for gary yeah. he's such a little he's such a boy isn't it like are we there yet are we there yet are we there you know such a young person are we there yet are we there yet yeah and i really liked it when they actually got to um the village and he they're trying to figure out a place to eat and he finds out you know well, well, where can we get food? Will they even give us food? And mm. um, the old man says, I, I have coins. Of course, they'll give us food. And it was like, wait. It's such a foreign have, concept to Gary. Like, <laughs> yeah, he lives in, his life is such an idyllic kind of 
life you know every he lives on a on a lovely farm everyone you know he's taken care of he's never had any cares you know right you know the worst is aunt pole getting snappy or you know telling him to it's almost like a fairy tale kind of situation that he doesn't even realize how good he has it yeah yeah well you don't realize how good you got it until you don't have it so good anymore you have no comparison mm-hmm. yeah that's really true <sighs> I mean, what else to you stood out about this chapter? So the thing that uh, I, I did like uh, Mr. Wolf's uh, kind of, you know, he, when they got to the village of Upper Grolt and Garen say, you know, seeing the people there and he sort of makes the comment, oh, they're very fine, aren't they? You know, they've got their velvet caps on and they're all a bit haughty and, you know, looking down, the, the villagers looking down their noses at the farmers and stuff that are in the village and, Garen's like, oh, they're very fine, aren't they? And Mr. Wolf's like, well, they think so. And I just love just yeah. those little bits of, of humour. Like, he's, it's like he's got such a long perspective, you know, like, and as I get older, I, can, I think I can appreciate this more. Not that I'm, you know, incredibly old, but I'm, I'm so middle-aged now. <laughs> you know, you kind of get, I, so I think I appreciate that sort of, you know, what they think they are. That sort of, yeah, that, kind of depreciating humor a little bit better than I used to. That part, I forgot about that. That made me laugh too because yeah. it's true. He can see beyond like the surface of it. That yeah. yeah, they have nice clothes and everything, but I think they're missing the bigger picture to something. It always feels like that when he's when he's um, got anything to do with anything. Like he's he's down in this deeper level of everything, and the surface stuff is just so much you know, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Like he knows so, like he's probably has so much knowledge of the world and the magic and everything. And he's seen the worst of it that, you know. The oh, simple... you just know he's full of magic, don't you? It's just, you just mm -hmm. know it. Yeah, I can't wait to see, see it come out and how that's going to be. Yeah. And I liked um, when they were in the village, I did like, this is sort of the first time we, we get to see Murgos up close, you know, like Torax. Oh. The Torax, the, 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 the Murgos are Torax people. Okay. Yeah, that, I was going to ask you to explain that a bit because, the, okay, and I'm probably going to mispronounce this, but he references them with Ingrak. Is that how you pronounce it? Yes. <laughs> um, he references that, and that's like a, a, a people, right? It's like a group yeah, of so people. So the Angareks are the people that belong to the god Torak. Okay. And the Angareks uh, have different people. So they have the Murgos, who is the guy with the scars on his cheeks. He's like the dude in all the armor. Mm -hmm. And the Thuls that they talk about were the porters stand that... that Wolf notices when they go up to the spice merchant and he sees the two porters waiting outside. And the so they are servants to the Murgos generally. And so that's how he knew that there would be a Murgo inside because Thuls would not have been there by themselves. They just wouldn't have shown Okay. Up. See, that makes way more sense now. Yeah. I was trying to make sense of it myself. I'm like, hey, the Thuls, and I've forgotten about them, but... Yeah. Yeah, the Thals and the Murgos, I'm like, what's the difference? Are they like friends? Yeah. Are they, what do they have to so do they with have, So they have the Thals, 
Mergos. Mm. So this is, oh, let me see if I can remember. Oh, I can't remember, but it's, it's Thulls, Mergos, and do you remember him saying something about Grollums? Yeah. And that's the first, I think that's the first mention of Grollums. Okay. Okay, so what did, did you, did, did that kind of, did you pick up on that or what did you think of that? I, Nothing? Honestly, it was such, I don't even remember how he it's references it. a tiny it. little blip. It's like just one blip. Right. And I think and, I probably glossed over it. Yeah. So there's that there when they're in the village. And then at the end of the chapter, I think um, he and Aunt Paul, I think there's a mention of Grollums and Mergos in the conversation they have there. But mm-hmm. I think it's deliberately done. Like it's just a, like a scoot over the top. Yeah. And so like, and like these guys are going to be prominent later. Yeah. That kind of, that kind of thing. Yeah, so I didn't even notice. Um, I do remember hearing the name Grollum, but yeah. it didn't register that I should pay attention to it. No, I don't think it's you supposed know? to. But, but yeah. when they're at the spice merchant, so they go, so the foals are outside and, and Mr. Wolf's like, oh, okay, we can't go away because, you know, they'll think this is dodgy. We have to keep going. Right. Which is kind of interesting because, you know, if he knows that the foals are just, like almost slaves, like servants. Why would he uh-huh. be worried that they saw him? So that's anyway. Anyway, so they go in, and then the so the Mergo kind of behaves. Well, I don't know. Yeah. What, did you, what did you think of that whole scene? He almost like questions um, Garyon. I think. Like I feel like uh, the old man already has his character on so well and he's kind of mastered like disguising himself to be oh we haven't talked about that like when they go into the spice shop yeah did we touch on that like like gary and surprise because when mr wolf talks he's like putting this voice on and he turns around and looks at him and he's like like this quivery quavery bent over old man and he's really surprised and doesn't understand what's going on yeah but then when it comes to be his turn and, and the Murgos, like, he seems suspicious of Garyon for some reason. It's not really clear why, but he kind of like that, doesn't it? He kind of like questions him a little bit. And then we see uh, Garyon's thoughts of like, I don't know why I feel like I should lie, but I'm going to lie. And he tells him his name is Runderegg. Mm. Um, and then like, you know what I thought was actually very interesting that was his first lie his first deliberate lie <gasps> I must have been a very very bad child because by nine years old I think I told lots of lies oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> you know I don't remember lying too much I know I did mm. but I can speak for my eight-year-old she's really good at lying so I'm really good at, at pointing oh, it I out though those two when she was little, <laughs> and she's just like I had this my daughter's one drama queen always knew when she was mm-hmm. fibbing because she's totally over the top. The other one, straight faced to your yeah. face. And she's so, oh <laughs> my God. Anyway. That's yeah. Oh yeah. I have that one too. <laughs> but yeah, it's true. So he, um, he tells the lie and, but then I feel like the Murgo still thinks like, no, he's lying to me because he offers him a coin what is the coin? I forget what it was um, called. It's, it's a, um, Angarak Penny. And he sort of tosses it at Garion when he's finished with the conversation. But before he does that, he's almost got, like, it's written like he's got a smirk, like he knows something that 
we the reader don't know like that mm -hmm. so toss and then and then though it's hinted again because later you feel you find out you know the old man he grabs it before garyon can I, mm -hmm. I think that's how it happens mm -hmm. i don't yeah. know if it's if and he switches it, it he switches it to a sandarian penny and gives gary a sandarian yeah. penny right and he um gary just hides it in his hand so the murder can't see that the coins then switched yeah and so I kind of wonder, like, why did the old man feel the need to have to switch the coin before Garyon could touch it? That's a know? very interesting question. We might find out more about that later. Mm-hmm. I think we will. And, <laughs> and now I feel like the Murgo still suspects Garyon of something. And yeah, it's very, it's it's a very dodgy situation. That whole thing. I'll, I'll leave the rest of what I was going to say till the my prediction for the next chapter. Okay. Okay. I have some, but yeah, and then, and so it's obviously important to the story that they've met this Murgo because instead of staying at the village overnight, Mr. Wolf says, no, we're getting the wagon and we're going home straight away. Mm -hmm. They get home and, and Garion's asleep and sort of in that, in that, you know, awake, sleep kind of dreamy state where, you know, can, I don't know if you can remember, I can remember, I have memories of being little and being carried to bed or you know, reading in bed and falling asleep um, and then mum coming and taking the book and covering me up and switching off the light. And they're such fuzzy, warm memories. I can remember doing it on purpose, like pretending I was asleep with the book on my face <laughs> when I was like little. I even remember uh -huh. the book. It was Stuart Little or something. I was reading Stuart Little. I was about nine, I think. And I can remember like, pretending I was asleep and waiting for mom to come do this thing because it just felt so nice. Yeah, I do have some of those memories too. Mine were like, I had, I didn't sleep very good as a child. I had to like have my mom with me till a certain age. And what she would do a lot of times, we had this like big rocking chair in the living room and she would let me kind of lay over her while she was sitting in it. And then I would be in and out of sleep and she'd be like laying there rocking and humming and, could oh. she do it for the like a lot of the night for me? And those yeah. were my memories of being yeah. in that state. Us mums were pretty, pretty freaking great. Right. Stuff we do, you know. So anyway, so, so Mr. Wolf carries him to bed and he's in this half awake state and he can hear Mr. Wolf and Paul talking. And he says he's got to go away. Does he say he's got to go away because... He didn't expect to see a Mergo here and that meant that stuff was happening and he had to go check it out or something like that. No, I don't think he tells her that. It's just um, she suspects him and then she says, you'll be leaving then. Oh, no, no, no. I'm sure that, I'm sure that, he, that he says something about it because she makes a comment, a Mergo in Upper Grove or something like yeah, that. Yeah, here it is. It says, he tells her I was quick enough to get it. He's referring to the coin. Hmm. Um, I gave the boy a Sindarian coin, a penny instead. If our Murgo was a Grolum, ah. we'll, we'll let him follow me. I'm sure I can give him several months of entertainment. Okay, so, okay, okay. So what does that tell you? What do you think about that? So, yeah, that's definitely the moment where I realized for sure there's something up with that coin and um, that... I think the old man is hoping to like lead them away mm -hmm. that they'll follow him rather than come to the farm and look for him there or, or Gary on there. 
that he can hopefully distract them. That's and then how I'm, I'm Paul's really sad. She feels she feels really sad. Yeah, she even tells him, like, I'll miss you. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like sentimentality, you know? So it's like that's out of her character, but it she does at this point it does seem to be out of her character, doesn't it? Because she's been so like hard ass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think she just gets caught up in the moment of like maybe it you know she knows a lot too and maybe this is like things are starting to move and she can feel it and she feels probably safer with him there oh yeah that, yeah that he can also whatever it is they're trying to protect gary and from help her do that rather than be the sole person she even comments about like i i don't know if i can be this person you guys have Asked yeah, me to be. so she refers to like more than just the two of them because obviously they have a history. But she, she has like a group of people. This task, this task that you know what I you know what I mean. I'm not suited for this task you and the others have given me. What do I know about the raising of small boys? So mm-hmm. yeah, I love I love that. I say yeah, and I I think it's funny too how he tells her in that moment that like you're doing a great job though, mm-hmm. yet he almost seemed really annoyed when he found out that she hadn't been teaching Gary on to read. He he and- was he was <laughs> miffed. Is what he was. Yeah. yeah, and so it's kind of curious why he would to her face and say, "But you're doing such a great job." And he like, said, "But interesting to Gary, like she's never." She, she's never found much use for it or something, but she and I had that argument many years ago or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, so I was, when he was telling her how great a job she was doing, I was waiting for that, but you should really teach him to read, but he didn't bring it up. Oh, uh, no, he doesn't so, either. It was just like, like an like interesting little... things on his mind now. Yeah, yeah that's true. But yeah, I think that's really the whole chapter of the... Yeah. The highlights and it really was interesting i'm really interested about the murgo and yeah. what's gonna happen though are they really gonna follow the old man i don't know we'll find <sighs> oh, out I don't know. okay so that's our chapter we've talked all about the the spoilers and now the magic the magic oh yeah the magic now i when i was looking at this i must admit guys I feel a little bit (laughs) So I was having a really hard time kind of coming up with the magic and that alone is like a real indicator of my state of being because I can always, always find the magic, see the magic, feel the magic in any situation, anything that's happening around me, I can see the magic. And for the life of me today, I was really struggling <laughs> to sit down. Oh, it's okay. It's okay. We have off days. Yeah, but and I, so I was sort of having a think about it. And I, I do like the, um, when he's talking, when Mr. Wolf's talking about going to the village and saying, oh, I'll take Gary with me for company. Um, Art Paul says, I'll talk to the birds. <laughs> And he, the way that he responds makes it seem like he act, has actually spoken to the birds before and, you know, doesn't find much pleasure in it. Like, it was so right. seriously stated or something. <laughs> so I, I, that was my little bit of magic. I liked that. 
Yeah, just to visualize him actually having conversations with birds and yeah. and just being like, all right, guys, I'm done. Yeah, I'm done. Don't worry. Nothing interesting <laughs> to say. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. And I chose like the moment with the coin because I couldn't tell. Was it like, um, did he actually change the coin was my question. Did he use magic to change it completely or did he just kind of have it like up his sleeve and do like that kind of a trick where he switched them out. But how would he have known you know? to have a coin up his sleeve? Right. But maybe he just had some in his in his yeah. purse or whatever you call it he carries, his pouch. pouch. Yeah. Um, and again, that would kind of be like a magic trick though to be able to move yeah. one out of there into yeah. his hand. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I was just intrigued okay, by that whole little yeah. scene. It was also very quick. Relating this chapter to like my real life today, mm -hmm. um, I'm feeling a lot like Garion at the end of the chapter when he's in and out of sleep, like partially conscious. That's kind of where my head's at at the moment. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I get it. You know, there's those days where you just have to go through the motions in some aspects, mm -hmm. and then the rest of it's just kind of like, okay, I just. I'm going to sleep it off or I'm going to, you know, for you is crochet and, and yep. just kind of check out a little bit. Yeah. You need to do that. I guess for me, it was, again, I think I mentioned this earlier, but <laughs> I really related to it. It made me laugh when Gary on kind of questions the old man about I'm like, wait, we have to pay for food. I don't have money though. <laughs> or what they would call it. If they call it gold or money coin, mm. I think it was coin. Because as a kid, I never could grasp the idea of money. Like, I just, I'm like, why do we have to pay for things? Why can't we just go and get the food we need? Like, why do we need to pay to have food to eat? It always just baffled me. And, you know, now as an adult, understanding the world more and um, having, you know, to pay for my own stuff, it's, it's still kind of this like, well, like, why did we even create this system? <laughs> Like, why do we not just keep it as an exchange? Like, you give me this and I'll give yeah. you this. Bartering. Seems like it made things so much easier and so much less stress. Yeah. You know, there wasn't this need to like, all right, I got to get all this money because I want to buy this and I need this and my kids need food. And yeah, so I just really related to him. Um, yeah. I actually do that. a bit of bartering in my business, in my company. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, it's a good thing to have swapping services mm -hmm. but it's a, it is a weird like when you when you really kind of dig down into it it can turn into a very strange concept in your mind yeah it really it just always has been for me and I think that's why I always have felt kind of odd compared to everyone else because everyone else just seems like oh yeah that's what you do you go to work yeah you earn the money you get the paycheck and that's how you survive you and me chicky we're just misfits I love it. Yeah. Because <laughs> I just never saw it that way. And trying to <laughs> fit me into that box, I was like, no. Yeah, it just doesn't fit. It's not, it's not feel me, right to me. Put me in the box, and the box is just going to fall apart. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to break it to pieces. <laughs> yeah, that's true, right? As you can all of us do. Uh huh. Exactly. <sighs> okay. So, bum, bum, bum.
magic. Okay, you quickly tell people your book and I'm going to grab mine because I right. forgot it. So this week, um, I'm using a book called Women Who Run With the Wolves, Myths and Stories of the Wild Woman Archetype. It's written by Dr. Clarissa Pinkola Estes. And um, it's, it's, it's my Bible. I love it. It's amazing. It was actually her PhD thesis years and years and years ago, and it's incredible. So, sounds really sounds like a really interesting book. It is fantastic, and it is one of those books where you have to read a piece and then go away and think about it. You can't read it all the <laughs> way through; it's just impossible. And in actual fact, it it generally takes me about a year to get from start to finish. And I've read it twice in the last twenty years. Wow. So it's like once it's a it's a once a decade kind of thing. And then you keep it <laughs> and you keep it just for things like this where you need a bit of insight into something. And yep. um it kind of it, it have... pulls apart um folklore and myths and fairy tales and looks at the origins of them. It's it's fantastic. That's that sounds like it was written for me. Well, it's a very dense read, but I would recommend it to anybody who's interested in this kind of stuff and real, really deep women's wisdom. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I don't even think I need to hold a problem in my mind because my whole mind is consumed with what's going on with my loved one and my inability to help and my desire to help and my, not being able to anyway okay let me just be still for a sec oh god when a woman has this ambivalent mother construct in her own psyche she may find herself giving in too easily she may find herself afraid to take a stand to demand respect to assert her right to do it learn it live it in her own way oh Mm. I just got goosebumps. I'm just going to mark this page so that I can come back and have a little contemplation because holy right. shit, that's <laughs> very important and I need to think about it. Okay, so I need to be just think about what my boundaries are, why I have them, and stand firm in them. Right? Yeah. Yeah, and relating to other people's boundaries too, I think, can be yeah. part of it. Oh, true. Oh, yes, yes, yes. From both sides. Oh, I just got goosebumps again. Oh, tell yeah. me. Like, guys, really, darling, darling listeners, this technique is so fucking magical and powerful and just will. Please go try it right now. Pause this and go try it. Yeah, I agree because since I've started doing this, uh, I've seen instantly how powerful it is. Oh, yeah. um, the book that I chose is one that's really um, special to me because she like speaks my language. Oh, yeah. Um, it's called Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. She's yeah. also the one that wrote Eat, Pray, Love, which became that popular uh, Julia Roberts movie. Haven't and seen the movie, haven't read the book, but I do like Big Magic. Yeah, you should watch the E-Pray Love. It's really good. 
Okay. Um, but this book also just smells like it has the perfect book smell. I'm like oh. smelling it so much. It's so <laughs> okay, so for me, I think I've been really trying to figure out this whole like health thing. Like my, I feel like I'm trying to better myself, but I still deal with these headaches every day, and I want to know. Like, I just want to know what I need to do. And I don't even know if that's like, I'm more like asking a question than <laughs> a holding an attention, but I'm just that's beyond okay. the point. Like, I don't know what to do anymore. I'm trying to de-stress. I'm trying. I quit coffee. That didn't help. Coffee is like my ultimate favorite thing. And I gave it up and it still didn't help. So I'm going to start drinking it again. Yeah, good. <laughs> um, how to the coffee. I'm like I, I want to enjoy my day. Damn it! That's my <laughs> that's my morning ritual. Coffee. I already drink decaf, and I already do like low acid coffee like most of the time. So I'm like, what else can I do? You know. I don't know. All right, so that's my thing. Here we go. Okay. <clears throat> uh, I can see you grinning. <laughs> she says, "No way was I going to give up." on my work simply because it wasn't working. That wasn't the point of it. The rewards could not come from the external results. I knew that. The rewards had to come from the joy of puzzling out the work itself and from the private awareness I held that I had chosen a devotional path and I was being true to it. Okay. So I feel like it's more of a roundabout way of like answering me, mm -hmm. but I can see that it, it's tied together because she's talking about not giving up just because it's not working, I think is something I've been battling with like the last two years of my life mm -hmm. of trying to not give up even when I feel like I'm not going anywhere. And that I think alone is, kind of built up to this point where it's affecting me on a physical level I think and on, darling. yeah and so just like this is a reminder that the rewards come from like just enjoying the journey and figuring it out not actually hitting the goal oh you know? you're amazing I think you're absolutely right <laughs> So maybe I just need to start embracing the joy of the journey more and see if my headaches go away. <laughs> I, think, I think you've started doing that. Yeah, I think I have. Like these last few weeks have been pretty different for me. You are unclenching. I see it. Yeah. I'm notorious for being the one that's like sleeping like this, like oh, and then I wake up and it's like, ow, my hey, neck. Have a headache. <laughs> yeah. So how do you? I mean, how do you unclench while you're sleeping? So how do you? Can I guess just by you know letting what, I, go I really, more. You know what a really good trick is. So mm -hmm. um, I'll describe it because this is not a video show. This is a listening show. <laughs> so if you massage, get your fingers into your, into your jaw joint, like mm -hmm. in front of your ear and give it a bit of a massage round and round and round. And then if you open your mouth really wide, so you obviously can't do this while you're sleeping, but before you go to sleep, 
Okay. Open your mouth really wide. And you pull all kinds of faces, like, and you make all kinds of noise. And, oh, I, I stick your tongue out and you open your eyes really wide. And you do all of that. And then you just let your face relax. Mm-hmm. And it's so relaxing. And if you happen to wake up at night, relax your tongue. Let your tongue fall into the bottom of your mouth. And just kind of... Yeah. That... It will help you like stay relaxed because you can't tighten up if your tongue is relaxed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll try that because um, my problem too is the dreams that I have just yeah. are not pleasurable. Maybe <laughs> some lavender oil in a diffuser. Um, we have one diffuser in the house, and I let my kids use it. So I just try to rub. Yeah, you can put lavender oil straight on your body, sweetie. On the soles of your feet's a good thing if you want to keep it away from, like, if it bothers you with the scent. Oh, no, I love it. And I also have an oil called Mm. Stress Away. (laughs) Oh, my God, that stuff smells amazing. And sometimes I do that before bed, but, you know. We're such witches. I love it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so. What is your prediction for the next chapter? So I think that what's going to happen is uh, Mr. Wolf thinks he's going to like put them off the scent by leaving and distracting them. But I feel like something, and he may be successful, but I feel like something is still going to come to the farm because of the interaction between that Murgo and Garion. I feel like something happened there. So I feel like that whatever this is that's going to kind of come to Gary and it's going to be like, and I don't know if it'll happen this chapter, but I hope it does, that it'll trigger like the start of he's got to leave the farm. And so there he goes. Yeah, there always comes a point that he's (laughs) got to leave. Commit to the journey, commit to the Mm -hmm. adventure. Yeah. Yeah. So I hope... um, We'll see that in the next chapter or the one after, at least. Okay, cool. Okay, so hashtags, which I've forgotten to write down again, but I am going to choose, I'm going to choose, I'm going to choose, I don't know, what do you choose? Uh, I forgot too. I mean, off the top of my head, because the scene with the coin seems to have really consumed me, I'm just going to throw it out there and say swap the coin. Oh, I like that one. Let's choose that one. I like yours. My brain's not working. Swap the coin. Yep. So, darling listeners, if you would like to hit us up on social media this week, use the hashtag swap the coin. And you can find us on Twitter at Beyond Bill Garriard. And you can find us on Facebook. I'll put a link in the show notes. And um, you can always send us an email at billgarriardandbeyond at gmail.com. So we have an Instagram, right? Or do we not? We don't have an Instagram yet. Okay. Okay. I can make one because I feel they can reach us both Twitter and Instagram, but... I'm never on Twitter, so I'll be the one. I'm on really on Instagram Twitter. Side. I think I'm finding my home on Facebook. Like I feel more comfortable on Facebook, but I know that it's it's fun just to kind of throw hashtags around and stuff on Twitter. 
So you'll, I'll be the one on Twitter. We'll both be on Facebook. And by the time you listen to this, Instagram will exist too. And that will be yep. Alicia, whose name I just said right. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> and, um, and again, I'll put all the links in the doobly-doo in the, in the show notes. So you just have to click around or copy and paste. My loves. Super easy. So until next time. We'll see you guys next week. Bye. Excellent. Yeah, that was fun.